Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into another episode of the Money Insights Podcast, where we teach you how to invest with benefits. My name is Christian Allen, here with my co-host, you know him as Rod the Pod Zabriskie. Rod, what's up, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. We were recording uh, an hour ago, less than an hour ago, and I was talking about how awful the weather is. I'm looking outside. The sun is shining. Suddenly, the, the weather doesn't feel so bad. So, man. An Just hour like later, that. like tides are changing. You know what? And I have a feeling that it's going to feel a lot like the global economy, right? Maybe yes. a little bit gray, but the question it. is, the question <laughs> is, Rod, are blue skies and sunshine on the horizon? So here's what we're going to do. Today, Rod is going to put on his economist hat. Rod, I feel like you should have a hat today. Maybe we should give you a hat, like get you a hat that just says economist. Yeah. And then we'll be like, you can actually put on your economist hat. I love it. Uh, anyway, Rod, Rod's going to put on the economist hat and we're going to talk about five major issues, major points, five critical, critical issues that are um, facing the economy today okay. for 2024. Okay. So with that said, Rod, kick us off. Where do you want to start? Okay. Well, I want to start with my my favorite thing about putting my economist hat on is mm -hmm. I get to make fun of economists. That's great. I love <laughs> I love making fun of economists. Let's do it. It's kind of like, have you ever had like multiple weather apps and you look at one and it says the weather's going to be one thing and you look at another and the weather's going to, they say the weather's going to be something completely different. Okay. Yes, but, but this is even weirder, Rod. My wife and I both have Apple phones. Yeah. We'll be right next to each other. We check our apps and they say different things all the time. For, for where it is the like same, right now. <laughs> the same app, the same app, the same place. And it'll be like a degree different. Okay. That's, that's neither here nor there. That's not what you were talking about. But to your point, yes, I have, I have seen that happen and it's a little bizarre, right? Like, but, but here's the thing. Pretty obvious why it's that way. Because mm -hmm. nobody actually knows the future. That's they true. are professional. <laughs> Prognosticators. Professional prognostic. Or no, I, I was thinking about when you go and you sit with a, a, like a medium. Uh, like oh. that kind of thing. They're telling the future like fortune, fortune teller. tellers. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, they're like professional fortune tellers that have to just like give a... Uh, Oh my gosh, I can't come up with words. A disclaimer on the front end saying, I don't actually know what's going to happen at all. That said, here's what's going to happen. Okay, yeah. but I want to hear you tell me what's going to happen, Rod. Yeah, okay, Just let me just indulge me for a second because you take that weather example and it's to the extreme when it comes to economists. So in other words, you get a room full of economists and you ask them all their opinion and nobody agrees on what's going to happen. So that's a little different than when you get the, so I like to follow the NBA, Rob. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of progno prognosticators there. Yes. But when you go on to ESPN and you say, which team's going to win the championship? Normally it's like everybody's picking like, you know, maybe three teams. Uh-huh. Not the case in economics. 
you've got a lot of variables they're all over the they're all, all over the place which means you can have a whole lot of variants and you do yes so what we're going to do is we're just going to pick out five topics and discuss them We've done a little bit of research and kind of looked in to see what the prognosticators are prognosticating uh, as it relates to these topics. And then we'll kind of give some of our thoughts and just kind of have some fun with it. Let's do it. Where are we starting? Okay, we're going to start with inflation, which is probably the easiest and most obvious place to start because that's been the big topic over the last two years and two years plus. And so... And because it drives a lot of other things that we're going to talk about as well, we're going to start there. So inflation obviously has come down since its its peak at, you know, 7.6% or something in 2022. It uh, came down significantly last year. And why did it come down? It came down because the Fed adjusted rates and they were trying to slow the economy. Well, what's interesting about that is that their goal was to slow down the economy with a soft landing, right? That's kind of in this the soft key, landing key phrase. Yep. Which um, means and oh, what's so interesting so. is they don't have the control to do that. It's it's factors outside of their control that, that determines whether it's going to be a safe landing or not. Right. So in other words, one of the reasons why they had to keep reducing rates is because as they began in 2022 reducing rates, they expected that would slow down uh, the business market, especially the labor market, but it didn't. The labor report would keep coming out and they were creating jobs and more jobs and more jobs. And, and so they're like, well, man, we have to keep reducing the, the interest rates or sorry, we have to keep increasing rate rates um, more than we thought we were going yep. to have to, to, to counter what's happening over Just here. Pull the reins back a little bit. So the soft landing looks like it's, it's probably going to happen. Meaning, then soft landing just means that they they bring inflation into control without creating a recession, like going too far and and just kind of turning things on their head. Now, some people okay. in, in at individual level or at a at an individual business level would say, yeah, things were already turned on our head, <laughs> right? They're, yeah, that's a, that is a we, one of the weirdest things. Because can I just remind people when we're talking about economics, we're actually talking about people. Yep, people. This is like super important for me to remember. I was listening to a an economist, mm -hmm. um, one that I subscribe to, and he was a proponent of pumping as much cash into the system as he could because he didn't want a landing that was painful for a lot of people in the world. And it convinced me. I'm not going to lie, Rod. So anyway, I just want to remind people, we're talking about a, the economy, like, these are real people. So to your point, while it might be a soft landing as a whole, some people it's going to feel that way. So like, if I'm being totally honest, Rod, I haven't really felt it, right? Mm -hmm. Like hasn't really been an, had an impact on me, but I try to remind myself that there are many, many other people who have ha who it's had a massive impact on. So anyway, yeah. just, just a yeah. side thought. So you see people around you, um, you know, I think about neighbors who have been absolutely impacted by interest rates. I think about uh, jobs. I mean, think about, you know, Silicon Valley Bank and all of the, the of impact that the trickle down effect that it's had just in the tech industry as a whole by, by just kind of that, that collapse. So um, 
getting back to the topic of inflation, I think all of these things have worked toward reducing inflation. And the, the general consensus is that inflation will continue to come back into where, where we want it to be uh, because of the steps that have been taken. Okay, so the question, Rod, is does Rod the Economist agree with the general consensus that we're going to end up with a reasonably soft landing as a whole? I Yes, I do. Okay. I feel like that's true. Rod says inflation is no longer going to be an issue. <laughs> Prices will, and that's what's funny. Prices will keep the going up. The good news is we're it's not popular enough to get aggregated, Rod, so you'll probably be okay. But if we were... Or actually, I guess it would be me that's getting aggregated. Uh, okay, so inflation. I, I do think, though, like inflation is one of those issues that just always is a fight, right? Like it's yeah. just always going to be. So yeah. something to keep in mind. And and our hope, of course, is that we can create a soft landing and that you know people's lives aren't affected, or at least they're affected as minimally as possible. Yeah, well, the weird Let's thing talk about... about so the oh, weird thing about inflation is that our economy is built to have some level of inflation. And what basically what the three percent two two percent is, is their target. Oh two, man. But, I'm I'm out of touch. But what's funny that's is that's why I you're mean, the economist. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> um the you know, the the powers that be have decided that having some level of inflation is better than having deflation. And so the the system has been built to create some level of inflation and just not too much. So, yeah. Okay. Will they, will it be 2%? Probably not. I don't, but it'll be better. It won't be 7.6 it'll or be whatever. Seven or eight. Yeah. So it'll be people are just three, like, four. well, cause here's the problem with inflation and maybe this is an important element to touch on. The problem is, is that wages don't increase anywhere near well at least oftentimes they're not increasing at the at the pace that we have inflation especially mm -hmm. in like medical expenses and things like that that just are astronomical well of course the reason it has to be in control is because if there's not a balance between wages and inflation then uh people's lives are affected yeah for sure and and maybe we can take a moment because on all of the things we're going to talk about uh a lot of it was created by just the the pandemic and and all the different things that happened there uh creating Pumping a lot of money into the system a lot of money right. in the system and and kind of what's interesting is there was a very short period of time where wages went up dramatically right and and then that that drove some of these things that are happening now and then the inflation kind of pushes past it and so now we're back in that place that you were describing where increases in wages are, are not keeping up now, even though for a moment they were kind of pushed ahead a little bit. Yeah, good good, good point. Okay, what are we talking about next, Rob? Okay, next we're just gonna talk about interest rates. Okay, no can big I deal. start with interest rates? You're, yeah. you're gonna get into most of it, but I have, a, I have a personal fight in the game here. Okay. So I'm, I've, I've talked about this on the pod, I'm building my house, my work compound, right? Yep. And Rod, can I just tell you, I didn't realize, I'm not, maybe I did, but like the difference in a house payment that for like 6% and 4% mm -hmm. is huge. Yes. Right. Yep. So like 
like, again, when we talk about things like interest rates, it's really impacting people's ability to pay for things, yep. right? And then, of course, you talk about interest rates and loans, people having a harder time getting loans. Anyway, but what, from your perspective, Rod, is going to be the most likely case as to what we see with interest rates for 2024? Yeah. So the thing that I expected that would have happened more than it has up to this point is to, to your point, because interest rates go up and because that impacts a, a mortgage payment so dramatically, a rise in interest rate is supposed to push values down because affordab affordability goes down. People can't buy them. They're, the the uh, real estate market isn't moving. Well, what's going to make mm -hmm. it move? Well, a drop in prices makes it move. And that that's what, and there has been some of that. And, it, and obviously it's very much market specific, how, how much yeah. that has happened in, in, you know, different parts of the, of the country is, you know, it varies, but I would have expected it to be much more dramatic. And so what, you know, in, in the research, you know, what is it that has driven that? Well, there's been, um, well, for, for a while there, you couldn't get a home and, and you know, this more than anybody else. You were in a position where you were wanting, you wanted to get this, this compound three years ago and you mm -hmm. tried hard to make that happen, but the, but properties were disappearing so fast, people were paying cash, et cetera, that it just, it couldn't happen. Right. Yeah. And so, and that obviously drove prices higher, which because of low interest rates, it was easier for prices to go higher. And now with, with interest rates having gone up, um, it obviously changes the dynamic of that, which, but, but interestingly, there's still a lot of people moving from California, selling their property at a million bucks there, and then going and buying it in Idaho or Utah or South Carolina or Tennessee for 250 or something. Okay. Let's be really clear here. Utah and probably even Idaho are not the same kind of prices that you get in Tennessee, Rodney. Agreed. Agreed. They're just closer. <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, just, just messed with you. Uh, yeah, but but you're right. We are seeing, right? We see a lot of it. Uh, you think about, well, what you're saying is the impact, the impact of interest rates hasn't necessarily affected people moving from one place where values are higher yeah. to a place where they can get more bang for their buck. And of course, you know, I mean, sometimes they're just they're just buying in cash. They're not even having to worry about exactly. interest rates. Yep. And that's where the like the real benefit is for someone in that situation. If you're someone who's want needing and wanting to borrow money, well, guess what? It's not a great time. Or it's not as nice of a time. I say it's not a great time. Historically, Rod, interest rates aren't that high. Right. Uh, I try to remind myself, my my parents will be like, uh, when we bought our first house, it was like eleven, twelve percent interest or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so even when I started in the industry, interest rates were like six, seven, eight, yep. right? Yep. So that was more typical. Uh, but we then got, I don't know if this is the right word, but we got spoiled with those the ultra low interest rates. And so now we're at a place where anything above four feels like crazy, right? Yeah. Well, and and again, it is that, that interplay between interest rates and values because back when I bought my first home and I paid 6.7%, I bought it for like 210 or something. Mm -hmm. Well, that same home is now going to be five or 600,000. So at the same interest rate, I'm paying the same, whatever, six and a half percent. The payment on that is going to be 
you know, two to three times what and what a new and a, a fresh couple, you know, with a couple of kids yep. getting into their life has very little opportunity to get into a house like that yep. when that situation is taking place. Yeah. Okay, so here's the question, Rod. Interest rates, they've they have they have gone down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. We saw it surge up and then we've seen it come back, pull back a little bit. What is the general consensus and Rod's prognostication for interest rates over the rest of the year? I think uh, that the Fed, well, so they've, they've announced that their expectation is that they'll reduce it, probably have three reductions of a quarter point each. So it'll come, come down 75 basis points. Okay. Um, and that's, that's all in line with this whole soft landing and, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? They had to raise it higher than it needed to be to, to rein things in, but then, then they'll, they'll bring it back down. Um, and it's hard to say for sure. I don't think we're going to head to recession, like I said a little earlier, but I think there are going to be things that that occur uh, in in the economy. Like, for example, um, taking Silicon Valley Bank as, as an example from last year, I think there will be things like that, triggers that will happen that will push them to drop rates, rates maybe even sooner than they expect, or maybe even a little bit more. Not a lot more, but I wouldn't be surprised if instead of 75 basis points. It was more like a hundred or 125 basis point drop by the end of 2020. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm crossing my fingers, Rod, because I'm, I'm going to be getting a second close on my loan at that time. So it'll be perfect time for interest rates to come down for me. Okay. Um, okay. Sweet. Well, I'm, we're keeping an eye on it. And, and again, interest rates affect real people. Yep. yep. Real people. As we speak. Okay, what's next? Okay, so the third piece is just overall growth. And so this this is uh, GDP, but it's also, we talked earlier about labor, labor markets and, and things like that. So um, when you when you kind of look at the economists, then generally they, they talk about um, growth slowing. But when I looked at it a little closer, basically what they said was last year's GDP was 3%. And the projection is like 2.9 or 2.8 or something <laughs> like that. So yeah. slowing, rel- you know, relatively speaking, the expectation actually that they're saying is it's going to look an awful lot like last year. Now, hey, Rod, what's driving, what, what are the primary things driving GDP? Yeah. And this goes back to, again, the, the impact, the carryover impacts from the pandemic. So for example, uh, there was a shortage in, microchips. So the manufacture of vehicles slowed. You couldn't get it. You couldn't, a lot of people wanted this particular new car and couldn't get it because, because that was me. That was yeah. me. I, I didn't know it was because of microchips potentially, but yep. in my mind, I did know that there was a massive. So Rod, when I bought my car, I guess it was three years ago. Um, I go into the BMW dealership, right? Mm-hmm. And like ninety percent of their the inventory was like you can't get it. It just yeah. it's just or it was like a year wait or something like yep. that. It's just crazy. So anyway, I I had no idea Rod that it was potentially due to microchip. Yeah, I'm sure there were other things, but that was the big one they kept talking about. There, there was the like there was all like the stock up that happened during the pandemic too of like shipping not happening and yep. that kind. Of, but, yep, but anyway, the so there, there was some other yeah. issues, but I'm sure I'm sure that was a big factor. Yeah. But with that as an example, in 2023, 
the sale of vehicles went up dramatically. And that mm-hmm. was that would be from an economic standpoint unexpected. But but you look at all the factors and you say, oh well, of, of course, right? There was this pent up demand. People wanted them, and they in in some cases they had ordered them, and it was just a matter of time mm-hmm. to get them. And so when it finally moved, and and they're making this purchase, well, it it the sale of vehicles went up dramatically last year compared, and so some of that will carry over. Um, but but there were a lot of like you remember the the whole like supply chain uh, you know issues which oh like, was I remember that was shipping well. oh yeah <laughs> well you were trying to furnish a house I remember that yeah and it was painful man I tell you what like we could not get anything going to a like a, it because so it was it was we moved into this house two and a half years ago ish mm-hmm. and literally every piece of furniture was a struggle to get like yeah. It was, it was like either take what's here and like, or you wait three, four, six months for a couch to come. Yeah. Well, and I even remember you you that's problematic. You had some things where it was like, you got parts of it. Like, was it like your bedroom or something? You got the headboard, but you couldn't get the footboard or some (laughs) weird stuff like that. Yep. We sat on a headboard for like six weeks. Yeah. And by the way, Rod, we never got the, we never got the rest of the bed. We had to redo it again. So So that was a mess. That was a mess. Yeah. And a lot of that got sorted out. And so again, pent up demand. Um, And that combined with when, uh, when, the helicopter checks came, right? Mm, we all got a yeah. check in the mail and or, you know. Whether uh, you want it or not, you got it. Yep. And um, a lot of people hung on to those, right? A lot of people needed to spend them at, at, at that moment for, for what you uh-huh. know, kind of purpose that was behind them. But a lot of people hung on to them. And businesses, the PPP money, a lot of the businesses were kind of hoarding cash as well. So mm. what happened is that that got held on to and so then there's more cash available to go out and spend so that's why again last year was stronger than than expected and and again all of these things the expectations they carry over into this year um so that again lower growth but but something similar this year compared to what happened last year okay super fun rod gdp growth is going to remain about the same Strong, strong prediction. Okay, we're on number four. Yeah, now we're, the the last two are my the number four is my favorite by far. Oh, good, I'm excited because it's like it's it's actually the the X factor in all of this. Okay, and that is it's an election year. Ah, uh, yes, it is very much an election year, and I I, I shouldn't even go on a tangent on this kind of stuff. I'll I'll, I'll be careful. <laughs> But can I just say the presidential candidates, uh, it's amazing that the presidential candidates are the presidential candidate. Yeah. It's amazing that the leading candidates are who they are. Yeah. I'm like, we've got this really big country full of lots of really great, like bright, thoughtful, kind people. And yet this is what we got, mm-hmm. Rod. I don't yeah. know what to say. I don't know what to say. Anyway, yeah. that that's that's my take on the uh, the election year. What's yeah? Yours? Well, and so what what's interesting is is when you from an economic standpoint, you say, okay, well, does the result of the election matter? Yes, 
I used to think it just didn't. I used to think it didn't matter. Because really the election is going to happen in November. So most of 2024 is it's the buildup toward it and what's going to happen. And what's weird about it is that what an election year means is that things are all over the board, like Mm. volatility in the stock market. And here's a, here's a good example. And maybe this is like really elementary for anybody who understands, you know, the stock market, but in, um, in November when the fed made the, the declaration that they, they felt like they were no longer going to need to increase rates and there would be this reduction in rates, then you would have thought that that would have, created a strong push in the market, right? Big increase. And it's not that there wasn't any, but as I, as I kind of read into it, basically what happened is there was a lot of anticipation that was going to happen and that drove the market higher. So that by the time the announcement was actually made, there was not a lot of, a lot of more movement to be had, Um, which again, it kind of makes sense, but anyone who was trying to be ahead of the curve and, and anticipate and say, okay, well, what's going to happen? We're, we're already driving that. And then again, of course, there is, there's still some, so it, it, it did push it somewhat. But um, now in an election year, as people are trying to anticipate, well, what's going to happen and what's going to be the impact of that? And, and what are, what are, you know, lawmakers doing right now? It's usually pretty quiet in an election year because they don't want to do things that, that, you know, upend, the kind of the efforts of their candidate, so to speak. Um, but no action can be a problem too, right? Cause there are things that need to be problems that need to be solved. And so inaction can, can in it in of itself create problems. So uh, I guess the moral of the story is with an election year, that can be an X factor that can just drive things in, in wild and, and volatile ways that you just can't anticipate. Okay, so I haven't done this, but I'm assuming, Rod, if we were to go back then and look at election years, we would see some wonky stuff happening mm-hmm. in the yep. economy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. And, and again, when you talk about like the stock market specifically, as uh, as different things happen in an election, now the last election year was 2020, and so that was just wonky anyway, right? But but anyway, you go back and and you look at your traditional, and you have just different the tides moving in, in seemingly one direction versus another. And, uh, and then that just impacting the way people think things are going to go. And so they're buying or they're selling or they're, they're moving to tech or they're moving out of tech or they're whatever. Right. Um, because election years are, are wild. Now that we've talked about a little bit about the election and its impact on the economy, Rod, Mm -hmm. can you, just give us all of your personal feelings about the candidates that we have <laughs> and just some, you know, just some of your general feeling. And I'm just kidding. Uh, we're not going to get into politics, what, what sex, politics, religion. And money. Oh, wait, we're, we're good. Oh, money. Shoot. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we'll just dive into all of them. All then, of them. Huh? Well, Why here's not? what I'll, here's what I'll say about candidates. It never fails to entertain. Okay, see, just, there you go. There is a lot of entertainment. No, it doesn't matter what you came, what expectation you had coming in. It it delivers, and there's just I, I do love just it. One of my favorite factor. things. It don't know. It absolutely is one of my favorite things. Rod is when 
I shouldn't even say when, it's how often a candidate gets asked a question and they just answer something entirely different. Oh, yeah. Whatever message they want to get, they're like, oh, I know you said that, I don't care. And I'm just going to say what I want to say. Yep. It's, it's incredible. More like, it's more like their speeches, right? They they came yes. prepared with the message that they wanted to deliver to the American people. Yep. And by gum, it's wild. they're going to deliver I, I, it. But it is just so wild. I think about it and I'm like, this is like not human behavior in the sense that <laughs> when people ask you a question, you're supposed to respond to it. Yeah. Here's the thing, Rod. This is what's really crazy. What they're doing must be more effective. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. That's kind of scary to think about. It's yeah, it is interesting. And, and or at least we'll, it must be, there must be at least some anecdotal evidence that doing that is, is useful. Cause here's the thing. These guys aren't dumb guys and girls aren't dumb, mm -hmm. right? They're smart people. They know what's happening. They're just choosing to do it. It's yeah. just, it's, it's bizarre, man. Yeah. Um, I know I have some, I've had some really deep and impactful insights for people on the election year. So you're well, <laughs> everyone, you're welcome. Uh, okay. Election. Let's move on from the election. What are we going to talk about? What's our fifth topic? Okay. Yeah. So then the fifth one is what, what they, they term as global geopolitical tensions, which boils down to Russia is still in Ukraine. There's, there are big issues happening in the middle East the U.S.-China relationship is strained, and and so again, if if an election year is uh, an X factor, a predictable X factor, so to speak, well, these things are kind of to to the nth power the same thing because well, what's going to happen? We don't know, right? We don't know yeah, what's going to just happen. Complete complete variables, right? Or like like we just yeah, you can't. So, accurately prognosticate really it's hard to do that on anything but mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about things like the this geopolitical landscape that is always in some sort of chaos yeah so this is this is where i backtrack a little bit and where i was making fun of economists these are the kinds of things that make it so that it really is impossible to know because unless you can say well this is what this is what's going to happen. Or or I can uh, with confidence say that things are going to settle down in the Middle East, for example, and, and we'll come to a truce and everything is going to you know, work out okay. Well, we can't say that, right, with, with any confidence. Uh, and so, well, what happens? Do, you know, how, how much do other countries get involved? And, and anyway, it, we just don't know. And because we don't know, the thing that we do know is that to the degree that things go differently than where they are right now, it could just throw everything on its head. Okay, Rod, give us a recap of our five kind of core points that we hit on, and yep. then we'll close this thing up. Yep, so we talked about inflation. It should, we expect that that'll, that'll continue to come in, kind of come into to where we want it to be more, closer, closer to where we want it to be. Interest rates, um, I think they will reduce and maybe even a little bit more than, than what they're saying. And I've got fingers crossed, Rod. I'm, I'm holding you to it. If it's not one and a quarter, <laughs> you're going to buy down my loan. The rest of those, the, yeah, to just, get it there. Yeah. Just let me know. Just let me know. <laughs> but if, if it's even better though, then what, what do you get? Then I've got to, then I've got to pay you. Yeah. Okay. That I feel like that's a good deal. I'll, I'll take yeah. you on it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then we talked about overall growth, how, 
things being as they are, the expectations will be very similar in a 2024 as it was 2023. However, with the with the next two points being the fact that it's an election year, I, I was going to say could kind of make things weird, but we will. Will we how they're going to make things yeah, weird? Yeah, 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 yeah. They will. They yeah, will without yeah, question. Yeah. And then um, the fifth one, the the global geopolitical tensions, just question mark. Who, so who Rod, here's the here's what I'm thinking about right now. I'm thinking. Should Rod give up his day job and become a permanent economist or not? That's the big question. So if you're listening to this and you've got a take on whether Rod is an adequate economist, I'd love for you to just let us know. Because if he is a good economist, man, we're going to we're gonna set you on a course, Rod. Then we can make level. fun of you like the other economists. <laughs> well, I mean, that would just be part of the course because... You know, I'm I'm sure I say stuff on a regular basis where people are like, okay, really? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would just, just kind of open it up so that I would have more license to just say off. Okay. Of, uh, really so so we've got pretty like, like overall, we're not feeling like it's going to be this wild and crazy year. Like it does seem mm -hmm. like things are kind of calming down a little bit. Like we can get a little bit more stability. And what does that mean? I hope it means for people that they're out there investing they're yeah. out there looking for opportunities to grow, protect their wealth. Um, despite the things that are happening in, in the economy, there's always opportunities, right? Yep. There's opportunities to um, go against the grain in some situations that can that can create real significant growth. Anyway, so despite those things, go out and invest. Um, this has been fun, Rod. Thanks for being our economist today. And we'll call you back in six months to see how your prognostications worked out. I like it. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth-building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.